Welcome to The Rot Focus, a podcast for rotters, newbies, and veterans, and everyone in between. We're hosted by M.A. Lee with the assistance of Remy Black and Edie Rooms, all from Rotters Inc. Books. Our focus is productivity, process, craft, and tools. Each episode lasts as long as it takes to fix a quick dinner, drive a short commute, or take a brisk walk. Resources and links are in the show notes. Visit us at therockfocus.blogspot.com. Now, on to this week's episode. Eight, going off track. Off-roading can be fun, scary, stressful, and hilarious. Like the famous Jeep commercial suggests, making your own road is better than pancakes. Of course, Not all off-roading ventures are successful. As riders, we go off-road whenever we don't follow the plan. That's lesson eight. Two P's that are riders. Plotter, panster. These are the basic behaviors of all riders. We have variations and combinations. If you're adding puzzler, keep reading. All the diversity actually tracks into one of these two rows. Plotters outline everything before they begin. They set the foundation elements, tagline plus, theme, direction, character development, story arc, and world building. Then they add an additional setup. They outline or block every scene in the novel. When everything is planned, then they begin. The writing flies from this point. Revision is minor tweaking. Pantsters prepare nothing. They launch immediately into story. Character development and story arc happen on the page and maybe get recorded. The world is built as needed. Research stops the flow of writing. Only after the last words are written do they discover the tagline. The writing ends with a massive revision still to come. Chunks of the story may be tossed. Whole chapters will be rewritten or purged completely while new chapters come into the manuscript. This is plotter versus panster. A plotter's life is easy on the back end because the hard work is at the beginning. Plotters zoom along the interstate. After working through the city streets, stopping for coffee and donuts, they reach the superhighway, speeding along with all the other vehicles. A panster's life is easy on the front with the hard work at the end. Panster's explore off-road. Actually, as explorers of story, They may never find the road. They're lured deep into the forest of story as they seek its secret heart. I've tried both methods. Forest can be scary. Wild animals and unexpected obstacles can destroy enthusiasm. Interstates can be boring. We have speeders and big trucks to avoid. Pansters are excited as they write. Yet not controlling leaves them with a tangled mess. Plotters love flying through the difficulty of the draft. However, over-planning can kill enthusiasm for the story. A mix of the two styles is the best and shunts aside most problems. Keeping an open mind about both styles is my current struggle. Foundational planning without scene blocking, rough writing while keeping my tagline and story clear. Enter the puzzler. Two definitions of puzzler are floating around one that sounds like a writing style, and the other that sounds like a drafting process. The drafting process is coming, promise. 
The first definition of puzzler is to launch into story, filling in the foundational elements as needed and working through the problems like box canyons and detours for construction. This combines panster and plotter worlds. The second definition of puzzler is to write a scene here and there and over yonder. That scene will fit into a specific stage of the story arc which the writer is well aware of. Then the puzzler writes another scene from a different part of the story arc. Gradually, the puzzle pieces of the story are filled in, just like a jigsaw puzzle. Border, clouds, green expanse, flower garden to the left, the one on the right, castle in the middle, extra little areas. Writing the puzzler style is like driving through the city and encountering traffic, so you hop off and detour through a nearby national park. Then you jump back onto the interstate until you reach one of the exits you can use, picking the one that's a meander along back roads to avoid more traffic until you find the secondary road that leads to your main road, which you then bullet fly to home. Drafting story. The basic distinction of plotter versus panster versus puzzler is not from the drafting process. We really only have two drafting processes, chronological or linear and global are scattered. The global scattered is the second definition of the puzzler. The writer constructs the manuscript by writing scenes in no particular order. Cue to meet, climax. Obstacle number three, introduction number one, resolution, angst number two, and so on. Enthusiasm for the story remains elevated at the beginning for the more interesting scenes are written first. Then the writer's enthusiasm begins a steady decline. First, the sequels, or bridges between the interesting scenes, are constructed. The writer drags through the most difficult scenes and their bridges. Whether writing beginning to end or vice versa, the straight-line chronological approach is closest to the reader-audience experience. Difficult scenes are dealt with as they occur. The interesting scenes fly. The writer's enthusiasm level is a roller coaster by mimicking the reader's experience. The writer can more easily spot when the writing creates muck and then ramp up interest by using more action or humor or emotional attachments. So, do you want to drive off-road? Sounds exciting. Beware of pitfalls. Or would you rather drive the interstate, speeding along, all breezy, until a traffic accident causes a huge backup? Or do you mix it up, combining all types of driving? The glory is that you can change your writing behavior and your drafting process at will. You can plot 10 scattered scenes, then pants the bridge sequels, pants more scenes in a chronological fired frenzy of writing, then pants and scattered followed by plot and chrono. You can do anything you want. Just be aware of what you're doing. When you get stuck, switch it around. No writer is one or the other or the third. Writing is a spectrum that we slide along, changing and adapting with every writing session. Trying new and different techniques is fun. Sometimes our best intentions lead us into pitfalls, whether we're on the main road or off-roading. Next is a bit about the analytical techniques I use even though my personality cringes at the thought. Continue on for Tiki Boxes. Nine, Tiki Boxes. 
Analytical personalities love plans. They love charts. They love filling in little boxes and squares. Filling in little boxes doesn't make me happy. Unless it does. Sounds contradictory, doesn't it? My personality is a little contradictory as well. See, sometimes I think I'm a closet analytical personality. Tracking my progress through writing projects pleases me and keeps me focused on completing those projects. Now, I do know the reason for this. If I don't know where I am in the project, if it looks like it will go on ad finitum, then I will abandon it. Learning that I need to track progress is one of those biggie self-analysis surprises. I don't do well with most authority figures, point out a law, and I'm usually looking for a way around it. Tell me that something has to be done this way means that I will find a way to nudge a toe across the line. Charts help us visualize how much of a project remains. I'm good with creating my own charts and filling them in with pretty colors. That's contentment. Make me fill out a chart that I didn't design or tinker with, however. Oh boy, is that a thundercloud coming? Trackers and charts come too close to exact planning. I'm not really good with imposed planning. I'm happy to create my own schedule. My former work required a week's plan in advance. After turning in the plan on Friday afternoon, I would be off track by Tuesday. That happened because I overplanned each day. Overplanning meant that Monday had to flow into Tuesday, which streamed on to Thursday, while Friday became next Wednesday. It's a bit of subversive rebellion. See, I'm planning. I planned too well. We're off schedule on the plan because we're behind. This is where we're going. I defy any authority figure to tell me that's the wrong way to plan. So our lesson for nine is that for novels, over planning is problematic. A little planning is necessary. Tagline, character development, story arc. Blocking out each scene. Following the beats with page percentages. Outlining specific conflicts and events and motifs. That ruins a story for me. As a write, I expect the same entertainment that I want as a reader. Surprise! Planning means knowing the story ahead of time. Reveal too much and curiosity flies away. That happened last year. I started a novel in late April. I spent hours blocking out every scene. Conflict, actions, snippets of dialogues, motifs that I usually reserve for the revision stage. By 1st May, just as planned, I was ready to start writing. All through May, June, and July, I struggled with that book. I wrote a scene, didn't think it worked, so I rewrote it from another character's viewpoint. Over 90 days, and I found myself hunting up other projects rather than that one. Every writing session dragged. Even as I saw the story shaping, I knew I wasn't achieving the story that I had imagined before I began all the scene blocking. 90 days. Few of those spent on this novel project. Not quite 10,000 words achieved. Going nowhere fast. I tried to jumpstart the story in August with an online course on depth from Dean Wesley Smith. That course was a wonderful help. It inspired me. I started changing the quality of the words I was writing for the course. I jumped back to the beginning of my novel and applied the lessons. As I did so, a secondary character demanded to become a primary character. Once I gave him a voice, the novel took off. 
I wrote more during the last week of July and first two weeks of August than I had written in the previous 12 weeks. In August, I attended a writer's conference. I didn't know anyone, so I spent the evenings writing scenes for the new character voice and continuing ahead. I had left my block scenes at home, and I was forced to write fresh. Best thing that happened at all conference. So the conference served a twofold purpose for me as both a learning opportunity and a writing retreat. The dam was broken. When I returned home, I continued with the new scenes. At the end of each writing session, I jotted a list of ideas that were currently swirling. At the start of the next session, I read that list, jotted a new one, and began writing. At the end of each week, I checked the old abandoned block scenes. Gradually, over the next months, I tore up the abandoned plan, ventured into completely new scenes, and didn't worry because the story constructed itself naturally. By early January, I had close to 98,000 finished words. So, we need to shake up our routine. If you're a veteran writer, you might need a shake-up just like mine. If you're a newbie, do not do this. You need guidance. Not a lot, and certainly not the over-planning that so many advise. The novel's foundation needs to be set, and you need an abbreviated idea of the story arc. Then know when you can abandon your plan. I knew I could safely abandon my previous planning for these two reasons. I have long experience in analysis and application of story structure, specifically the archetypal story pattern. I also know the flow and pacing necessary for the story arc and character development. I had a tagline or theme that served as my touchstone for every newly written scene. Any event that didn't fit that tagline or theme was not written. The bones of the story, the foundation, never abandoned these. Character specifics, dynamics, and angst. Primary conflict, secondary conflict, world building, and research for that world. These foundation elements of the story remained untouched. Our foundation has to be preset. Doing research instead of writing a scene will offend our creative muse. Set the foundational roots of the tree. Those roots may never appear on the manuscript page, but they have to be solid before the trunk of the story can grow, strengthen, and create branches which will leaf. Those are the only ticky boxes that you need. Ten, climbing out of the box. Keeping word counts and tracking project progress from foundation to rough shape to draft to proof plus is not following straight lines. These help you see progress. Seeing progress keeps us progressing. That's lesson 10. Word counts and progress meters take only a bare minute to record. I revealed my difficulties with overplanning a novel. Even though I was on the planned interstate of plotting details and dialogue for every scene, I ran into a major pitfall. I lost all curiosity about my story. I knew every detail. I need the reader experience as a write. By overplanning, I lost my desire to discover the story that I was writing. I had thought that I would make my life simpler by doing what so many writers were advocating. Instead, I derailed my muse. She harassed me about making the story better, but that wasn't following my plan. When I tried to ignore that impish muse, the story went nowhere. I gradually added more words to the story, but I was far off my usual pace. 
avoidance took over. I sought out two other major projects along with every distracting activity. Those projects kept me accomplishing, but not on the primary project. Self-doubt, now called imposter syndrome, kept asking if I was truly a writer. How did I discover what had derailed my writing? I mean, with all the distractions and busy work, how did I realize what was happening? Through word counts and progress checks, those ticky little boxes. At the end of May, I totaled up my word counts and my major busy work project number one. Wow, I thought, not really getting much done. I was supposed to finish that book before August, so 60 days left. I should be able to finish. June ended. Again, I totaled up word counts. Side project number one was now complete. I had started a second side project and added barely 5,000 words on my primary one. Ouch. That's when I realized the novel had derailed. I had been busy, but I hadn't realized what my focus was on. July came and went, nowhere close to 5,000 words on the primary. As I noted previously, my total word count for the project after 90 days was less than 10,000 words. My second side project neared completion. I know my word counts for the primary project because my word counts are recorded daily and weekly, monthly, and yearly. I know that June lumbered along while September and October took flight before the disruptions of November. Tracking word counts and keeping project progress with daily counts helps me see that I'm achieving. I'm not just busy. A couple of years ago, when I looked for a word count tracker, I did find an Excel chart online. It worked. Automatically updated once I filled in the numbers, but I didn't like it. The segments are not lined up the way I want them to be. I can't do my pretty colors. This year was the discovery of a progress meter from my website. The progress meter displays the percentage completed based on my projected word count. The novel's cover and the tagline go with the progress meter. I do like this handy add-on. Updates to the progress meter happen once a month when I'm not distracted. More than that, though, creates its own distraction. Whatever you find, it should work for you. Just filling in numbers is not enough. You should have satisfaction in seeing the numbers grow and the progress being checked off. Eleven, don't hate numbers and lists. Writers need to track each writing session and show the accumulating progress. It's too hard to focus on what we're not getting accomplished. Last year, after the morass of May and June and July, feeling that nothing was going well, I listed everything that I had accomplished in my writing business so far. By highlighting the accomplishments specifically for 2018, I saw my successes. That list helped me overcome self-doubt. Imposter syndrome? Take that. Pow! So our lesson 11 is keep an accomplishments list. Too easily we dwell on failures when we should celebrate successes. Each time we complete a part of a project, we need a mini celebration. And we need to give ourselves a huge celebration when we finish a massive project like a novel with its hidden roots and its sturdy trunk and its many branched limbs covered with wonderful word leaves. When self-doubt assails us, we can look at our tracks, our accomplishments list, and our celebrations large and small. 
all are proof that we're not in fantasy. We're in a new reality. A rock slide tried to wipe us out, but we're still going. My struggles with that novel didn't signal a failure. I was growing as a writer, learning more about my craft and discovering the road back to listen to an intuitive sense of story. The accomplishments list removed the blinders caused by the failures. Watching the words pour out after I listened to the intuitive muse helped. Quantifying can distract us. When our purpose becomes counting words, pages, and chapters, we're not considering the quality of our writing. We can turn progress meters and daily word counts and writing sprints with our Pomodoro timers into the whole focus and forget the most important thing. All writing needs a focus on ideas, themes, and images to emphasize those ideas. Just because we need to record word counts and track our progress does not mean that we lose our focus on story. Blocks do offer opportunities, not slogging into muck. That monumental struggle with that novel drove me to pursue two side projects that I had procrastinated over. When the novel refused to go, I set it aside to give the impis muse time to work. In those 90 struggling days, the side projects worked to their conclusion. One of them gave a planner for writers, which I now use for tracking my own word counts and project progress. The other side project was a planner for the health conscious, a planner that reminds us that health is more than physical. It's also emotional and mental and spiritual. I also completed the great website rebuild. I wanted to have pillar pages with links. The Writer's Ink Books website devotes a page to each pseudonym. Even stripped down, the pages are jammed with images and book trailers and bylinks. The Writer's Ink Services website for nonfiction does look stripped down with true pillar pages. I'll rebuild that site soon with a new domain name, pillar pages, and focused purpose. So from late May to the end of August, I completed two planners and a website rebuild took an online course and planned to go to a writing conference. Not what I had planned, but what would be profitable for my time in the long run. Over those months, the muse danced around for as soon as I completed those five projects and figured out what my blockage was, the novel started pouring out. I didn't plow ahead, churning out words to create chapters that would have to be gutted. I zigged away, all because I remembered the most important thing, do you remember it? It's the goal. We want to make a living writing interesting books. When the story becomes words plugged onto a page, when our curiosity is quenched by overplanning, when we're no longer entertained by our own stories, we have distracted ourselves from our goal. Overplanning is one story killer. Not planning is another. If fear plows you into the ground, keep a side project going. Continue on for the problems of saggy pantstering. Thanks for listening to The Right Focus, a podcast for writers at all levels, hosted by Emma Lee from Writers Inc. Books, assisted by Remy Black and Edie Runes. Our focus is productivity, process, craft, and tools. Music is licensed through Audio Jungle called Background Music Loop. Its creator is Alexander Polishchuk, known on Audio Jungle as Plastic 3. The music comes in different iterations. 
Show notes and resource links for this and other episodes can be found at therightfocus.blogspot.com. Write to us at winkbooks at aol.com when you have questions, comments, and speculations. We will try to answer you as quickly as possible. By the way, we will not mind your email address. That's rude. If you find value in our content, share with your writing friends or write a review. We're small beans here without the advertising budget of the big peeps, and you can make a difference. And whatever occurs, right on.